the Long Story Short Podcast with Liz Calloway. Welcome to the Long Story Short, the weekly podcast on Burn Media. I'm Liz Calloway. If you're enjoying the Long Story Short, be sure to like it and share it with your friends. We all need to work together to save America. And now on with the show. It's Long Story Short with Liz Calloway. I found an article by Martin Moyer and and come to find out that he is also the president of Christian Action Network, which he founded back in 1990. It's a nonprofit education organization to protect America's religious and moral heritage, but he's also an author of several books. He has a podcast, and uh, the name of the book is You Are Chosen, Prepare to Triumph in a Fallen World. And he's joining us right now, Martin Moyer. Well, thanks, Liz, for having me on. It's good to hear from you. Uh, Of course, the website is christianaction.org if anybody is interested in learning more about you. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Martin. I was reading that you began your career in the journalism field as an investigative journalist, but moved into activism. Tell us a little bit about that transition. Yeah, I'll try to make a 40-year career short. (laughs) Um, So I started back in, uh, you know, the early 80s. I was a reporter in Washington, D.C. for Religion Today. And uh, then I moved up to to become the uh, news editor for Dr. Jerry Falwell's Moral Majority Report, which, you know, at the time had a circulation of a quarter of a million uh, newspapers. But uh, Dr. Jerry Falwell decided that uh, he was going to spend more time in his church and decided to close the organization down. So I started the Christian Action Network in 1990, and it's been uh, quite a ride for the past three decades. We've engaged in so many issues out there over the years, too many to talk about here. But the battle, you know, never ceases. It, and actually, it's uh, yeah, as everybody knows, it's getting worse, it's getting more dangerous out there. Yeah, it's very interesting because— I was um, commenting on your article earlier today, and it and caused an explosion on our text line. Um, one of them, uh, the most recent article that uh, that I have received, but I know that you have others, Sob Stories Are Killing Christian Freedoms. It says here, if you want to become that the bad guy of an elephant-sized sob story, simply identify yourself as a Christian and publicly champion biblical principles. Now, uh, we know of a lot of people. Listen, we are in, um, you know, South Carolina. We're in the Myrtle Beach area. A lot of people are very um, proud of their Christian heritage and their churches here. Um, they are freely identify themselves as Christian, and they publicly champion biblical principles. But in some parts of the country, that puts a target on your back, and that's what this article is about. Tell us more about what you were trying to uncover here for people. Well, as people, if they pay attention to the news, know that certain groups out there, certain activist groups, want to target Christian businesses and Christians in general. And when they do so, they portray the story as what I call a sob story. Woe is me. Look at me. Uh, I'm being trampled. I'm depressed. I'm suicidal because of this particular Christian belief. And then... They either sue that Christian business or organization or individual to comply with how they think they should behave, or they reach out to the American public and say, you got to support me, you got to go against this Christian organization, and you got to rally the forces to shut these groups down. You know, I thought it was interesting, a story that came out that's not in the article that you're referring to, but came out last week, where Sam Brownback's religious freedom group. Uh, was kicked out of Chase Bank, and it was kicked out 
for what reason, he doesn't know. But he was told this, if he wants back into Chase Bank, he has to turn his donor list over to the bank. Hmm. Now, why would a bank need the donor list to a religious freedom group? Mm -hmm. Now, that's pretty shocking. And what is the bank going to do with those donor names once they receive them? Are they going to turn them over to the Department of Justice and have them look over that list and see how many people is on Sam Brownback's list that we have declared as domestic terrorists? You know, there's mothers and fathers out there protesting at school board meetings. How many of them are donating to this group? Is this group really nothing but a front for a terrorist organization? There's some evil going on out there, and they're targeting uh, Christians and Christian businesses and organizations. Well, we saw that. Our own group. Uh, I was just going to say, our own. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Our own group, uh, about a year and a half ago, we were kicked out of our bank, BB&T. We had done business for BB&T for 30 years, 30 years. And then they sent us a letter in the mail saying, we are closing your account. And we don't know why they closed our account. We suspect it's because they did not like our political views. Mm. Uh, we've had Discover Card uh, wow. uh, tell us that nobody can donate to our organization with a Discover Card. The battle is out there. We, we've had uh, merchant services out there completely counsel us where we can't take any donation whatsoever. Um, you know. So Christian freedoms are under attack here, and we got to pay attention to it, and we got to stand strong and, you know, defend ourselves. We're speaking with Martin Moyer um, of the ChristianAction.org um, organization. Tell us about what Christian action can provide to people who are looking to stand up. I mean, what do you have any sort of resources for them or direction? You know, the best best resource I have out there is the book that I wrote, You Are Chosen. You can get it on Amazon, so look it up, buy it, uh, read it, because I spent about a year and a half writing that book because I knew a day's going to come where, you know, before Christians would look at these issues and say, well, it's not at my doorstep yet. Mm-hmm. They're going after crosses in memorial parks. They're going after scripture on, you know, benches. You know, they're going after you know, religious clubs and public schools, but it doesn't affect me. But I know it's going to affect them eventually because we let our guard down and we let the enemy into the gate. And once they're in the gate, they're not going to stop at the school. They're not going to stop at the courthouse. They're not going to stop with the nativity scene. They are going to come after you. So I wrote the book, You Are Chosen, which gives uh, Christians many examples and principles of what they can and should be doing in order to not only protect themselves, but to hopefully change this society back to respecting the Christian belief. What do you think, Martin, what responsibility, if any, do pastors have in this this decline that you speak of? Are pastors afraid of of being canceled? Are they afraid of retaliation of their tax-exempt status? It seems like a lot of pastors are the ones that don't uh, really embody that phrase, you are chosen. Well, Liz, I think you hit the nail on the head there of things they are afraid of. But uh, the one thing they are also afraid of is their own congregation. They don't want members leaving. Uh, because of things that they say from the pulpit. Look, the radical left has turned biblical issues into political issues. Things that used to be the domain of the church, moral guidance, 
and how we live our lives according to the Scripture used to be something the Church could freely talk about. But the left is smart. In some cases, they are absolutely geniuses. So they've taken these moral issues and they turn them into political issues. And now when a pastor gets up in the pulpit and he wants to talk about very controversial uh, morality that's going on in society, he's afraid to do it because he will be deemed as preaching politics from the pulpit. So they remain mute and they don't help their congregants understand what's going on in society and how to prepare themselves for what is about to come. Martin, I need to to ask about um, this one question I always put out there. Is it possible not to conflate the two, religion uh, or Christianity and political ideology, but it seems that Republican ideology is more in line with Christianity than Democrat ideology. So is it possible for someone to be a Democrat or should they be a Democrat and vote that way? and be a Christian at the same time? Look, there's a lot of people out there who have been Democrats all of their lives, some of them going back to the 50s and 60s. And they remember when uh, President John F. Kennedy said, ask not what you can do, what the country can do for you, but what you can do for the country. Can you imagine the Democrat Party saying that nowadays? Mm -hmm. So these people that grew up as Democrats, they had loved the Democrat Party for a long time. I think it's a shock to them as to where the Democrat Party is now headed, I think that in a lot of cases, they just don't view those people as being a real section of their party. They think they are radicals just trying to influence a party that they love, and they will remain loyal to the Democrat Party and just hope these other individuals go away. Now, we all know that's not going to happen. Chelsea Gabbard knows it's not going to happen. So she resigned from the Democrat Party because of its wokeness. And I think that we are seeing a lot of Democrats now switch to the Republican Party for that very reason. But it's going to take time. You know, once you commit yourself for decades of supporting a particular philosophy, in this case, the Democrat Party, it's very difficult to then change your mind and say, oh, how have I been wrong for, you know, three or four or five decades? I refuse to admit that I'm wrong. It's those other people that are wrong that are trying to tear my party apart, and they're going to stick with it. Martin, when I was uh, going through my interview process to become a confirmed Catholic when I was 13, I remember saying that I was going to be a soldier of Christ. And in my mind, I guess that that was the way I was taught or just how I remember it, that that meant that I was going to fight for what was right, um, what was moral. But a lot of people don't want to be in that position of confrontation um, or to be that warrior because they believe that they will be canceled, whether um, not be able, you know, be fired from their job or like uh, you were talking about um, canceled from their business, canceled from merchant accounts or banking or anything like that being the ridicule of a, of a community um, to be a soldier of Christ is, is someone has to be extremely courageous if you really want to do that. So, well, what, you know, what was it like 20 years ago? Uh, people didn't really want to stand up for Christ and his biblical principles solely because of the reaction they would get from the individual if they heard what they had to say. And they were fearful of that. 
But that was 20 years ago. Now they have much more to worry about. Mm -hmm. They got to worry not only about being canceled, they have to worry about being signed. They have to be have to worry about being sent to sensitivity training classes. Mm -hmm. They have to worry about going to jail. You know, one of the cases I did point out in my Substack article was the case of Emily Carpenter. She's a photographer in New York City. And she says that I will photograph anyone. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I don't care about any of that. I will photograph you. But what I will not do is photograph a homosexual wedding. Now, because she says that, she is now facing a $100,000 fine, a revocation of her business license, and jail time. So, you know, Christians out there, if it was difficult before to stand up, mm -hmm. it's almost terrifying now. And that's exactly what the radical left want to happen, to make you terrified to stand up for the name of Jesus Christ. But the Bible does have a solution to it. And if I can, I can I read it. Yes. Please do. All right. So it's in Ephesians 6, verses 12 through 13. So listen to these words. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Get that? Rulers. Against the authorities. Well, we see that. Against the authorities. Against the powers of dark, of the dark world. And against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now here's the key verse, 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. So there's the key. We have to stand our ground. And the only way to do that is to put on the full armor of God. In my book, You Are Chosen, I have a whole chapter dedicated to what those armors are and why you need them and how to use them. Uh, but when it boils down to it, they're all needed so that we can stand our ground. And standing our ground doesn't mean being silent. That doesn't mean turning the other cheek every time someone slaps you. Uh, it means to stand up for godly principles and use your voice to speak up and remain immovable. As some of these examples I cite in my Substack article, Christians out there who say, I'm going to stand my ground regardless of whether I have to go to court or face heavy fines or possibly go to jail or be sent to some type of sensitivity training class. They are examples for us that we can follow, should be following, and also support. We are speaking with Martin Moyer. He is the president of Christian Action Network, which he founded back in 1990. It's a nonprofit education organization to protect America's religious and moral heritage. But he's also an author of several books. The name of the book is You Are Chosen, Prepare to Triumph in a Fallen World. Martin, I have to ask you this question. For me, I was saying that as a as a mobile disc jockey that I once was in New York, uh, if someone asked me to a DJ uh, a wedding that was between a gay couple, I would have no problem doing it. I would do the wedding. Um, it doesn't mean that I agree with the lifestyle, condone it or whatever. I mean, you know, I, I would go and I would do the wedding. Now, if I didn't do the wedding and said, I'm sorry, that's against my Christian principles, uh, there could have been a lawsuit maybe waged uh, against me. So why why is it in, why would I want to do that? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's to, a good question. To me, like to me, it 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 is actually more Christian. Like, I'm just saying my perspective to go ahead and do the wedding. Um, they they don't know my religion. Like, why do I need to wear my religion 
in my business? Like, why do I need to do that? It doesn't seem, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but I know um, there, you know, there are people that can't divorce the two, but I, I'm just saying for me, maybe because I grew up in New York, I don't know. Um, it didn't seem like a battle I would be wanting to have for any particular reason. Yeah, you're not going to fall on your sword over that particular battle. Uh, some Christians will not fall on the sword, and perhaps for their own religious viewpoint of the matter, and some are willing to fall on it. Uh, but look, for a lot of these Christian businesses out there, and they probably promote that they are Christian, mm-hmm. to start putting stuff on their website or you know, in their bake shops that is promoting what they other Christians would believe is a sin, it's not good for business for those individuals. So sometimes it's an economic decision for these people mm-hmm. uh, to hold their ground on their religious beliefs. I see. Uh, we know that there's a variety of Christian beliefs out there and how they view certain parts of the Bible. But we also know that one of the strongest beliefs out there is that God made man, a man male and female, right? And he said, that it should be men and women that marry. It's very clear in the Bible. So to go out and promote in a case of this nature would be a violation of that particular scripture and probably not good for a business calling itself a Christian business. Now, you being a DJ, I'm not seeing that as necessarily promoting a gay wedding if you're DJing at a wedding. But if you're taking pictures of it, and you're putting it up on your website, you may have second thoughts about whether you want to do that. Mm -hmm. The real question is, how many really are standing and how many are not standing? Remember, everything that we see and hear is filtered through the liberal media. A lot of the stories that I put in my Substack article are not on ABC News. They're not in the New York Times. They're found pretty much in local newspapers. The media doesn't like to report them. They don't want to give a voice to the other side. Uh, so maybe there's more people out there standing than we actually know about. Uh, so, and look, I think in Dearborn, Michigan, even the Muslim community is now attending school board meetings and calling, causing a big ruckus over the child pornography that's being given out to students in the public schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they're being attacked. And whoa, you know, how frequently does the media ever attack the Muslim religion, regardless of what they do? Well, I but don't... here they're saying, oh, we're, we, you have crossed the line now. You Muslims are attending school board meetings and going against our woke philosophy. We will come after you. You know, I, I was watching that story at, in Dearborn, uh, Michigan, I, I believe that you're referring to. And the most vocal part of the uh, group that is against uh, this pornographic material is are the Muslims, but they're blaming... <laughs> The Christians, they're saying they're, they've corrupted the Muslims and they've, uh, you know, recruited the Muslims for their their fight. And it's like, what? I mean, they're even blaming the Christians for what the Muslims are doing. And, and how could they both be both on the same side of this issue? But I have said this um, for a very long time, you know, that people I, I don't understand it. I mean, the people who are Muslim in that community are blaming Rashida Tlaib their leader, who's always standing up for Muslim ideology and against, uh, you know, Palestine and I mean, I'm sorry, for Palestine, against the Jews and in Israel. And she is um, 
she and I and I think to myself, but the Muslims are very anti-homosexual. I mean, they actually sentence you to death. I, I don't understand. Like it it wasn't jiving in my mind. And it's eventually I felt going to bite them. And I believe that this is a case in point. Even they're well, sick of it. You know, I have long believed that the media supports the religion of Islam simply because Islam goes against every other religion mm-hmm. out there, including right. the Christian religion. Yeah. They hate the Christian religions. They hate Christians overall. And you put out a great example there that Muslims will blame the Christian religion for the pornography that's going on in the schools. Mm-hmm. So that's the message that the mainstream media loves to hear. These people, you know, their enemy is my enemy. Therefore, we will be friends until mm. you cross a line. In this case, they're probably crossing a bit of a line because they seem to be joining hand with fundamentalist Christians, as they would view them, and they're not going to have that. Now you're not doing what we expect you to do. You're supposed to be on our side of these issues. We're the ones out there protecting your religion and and, uh, striking down every story out there that makes Islam look bad, including in the countries where they take homosexuals and they throw them off the top of buildings, Mm -hmm. or we behead them. We're going to cover that up to, to protect you. But, uh, you know, if you're actually going to join forces with these Christians out there as to what's going on in the public schools, then we're going to have to take a step back and start attacking you as well. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. It's a it's a very interesting to see what's happening in Dearborn, for sure, and see what the future political future Rashida Tlaib will be. Martin Moyer, thank you so much for that very interesting conversation. You can go to ChristianAction.org to learn more about Martin. Martin, how else uh, would you like people to find out about you? Well, they can go to MartinMoyer.substack.com, which you can get our podcast. And it's also available on our website at ChristianAction.org. But if I could take a quick second to say, please, if you go to ChristianAction.org, sign our petition to CBS, because Stephen Colbert called our Lord and Savior a cuck. I will not describe to you on the air what that word means, Mm -hmm. but to say it on the public airwaves is absolutely offensive, and he needs to be held accountable for it. So go sign that petition, and let me send it off. I actually read that article just before we went on the air, and that is... Unbelievable. I didn't even know that happened. And like you said, a lot of people don't even know the definition of that word. And that's why it went over everyone's heads. But it is unbelievable that he's still on the air after doing that. Really, seriously. As well, I, crazy. I'm mailing 150,000 people, 150, people this month explaining what Colbert did, what that mm-hmm. word means, and asking them to sign that petition. So I'm going to gather all these petitions up when they come back through the mail, including the online petitions and and I, I'm determined not to let CBS simply ignore this and hope that it will go away. But we need some Christians out there to show some outrage. So help me show that outrage. Sign that petition. All right. Martin Moyer, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Bye-bye. The Long Story Short Podcast with Liz Calloway. Thank you for downloading Long Story Short. If you need to reach me, you can always email me at LizCallowayLLC at gmail.com. That's Callaway with all A's. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a review, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, I'm Liz Calloway.